0: All right, Ephesians chapter 6, we're going to be looking at verses 10 through 18. I love the theme of the church, unity of our fellowship. And I thought, what a great idea, unity. There's so many things in the Bible about unity. I mean, even just the Word of God, you think about it, how many different writers took to, to write it throughout how many years, and you read it from cover to cover, and you're like, wow, this is it's as if one person wrote it, and it's like, well, yeah, it's because God wrote it, Amen. but He used men. And it's just in unity... And in Ephesians 6, there's something that God tells us that we need in unity, and that is the armor of God. And chapter 6 of Ephesians deals with a lot of different things, from how children are to obey their parents, to relationship between an employee and their employer. But then he seems to change focus a bit and takes a bit more time to deal with what he has to say about the armor of God, and he starts it by saying, finally, my brethren, indicating that there is one more crucial thing that needed to be told. So let's read Ephesians 6, verses 10 to 18. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, take the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching therein too with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Let's have a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, as we look at your word, I pray that, Lord, you would help us to remember that it's your word, it's your spoken word. And, Lord, you have something for us, in it in it for us each and every day, Lord. And so I pray that tonight, as we look at it, pray that you would just, through me, use your word to speak to the people here. pray that it be a blessing and an encouragement. Lord, I pray for me. I pray you would just fill me with your spirit. Help me to say only that which you want me to say. Lord, so let your message get across and not my own. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. As I said earlier, we see in verse 10 that he says, Finally, my brethren, meaning this is another crucial thing that needs to be addressed. <clears throat> and Paul then tells the church that they need to be strong and stand in the power of God's might and to put on the armor that God has given us, because this Christian life is a warfare. We're at war with sin, and the father of sin, which is the devil. And Paul is saying, hey, put on the armor of God, because if you don't, you will fall in the battle. Paul goes on to tell the church who our enemy is, and what God has given us to defend against them. But not only to defend, but also to have the victory. I believe the grave danger that exists is that this very moment a war is being fought for our souls. But at this also at this very very moment, thousands of people are falling to the battlefields because unfortunately, this war that so many people fail to either recognize or they just perhaps to acknowledge it and they kind of just turn aside and say, oh yeah, I have my own little battles. I'm you know, but. You know, I, I'll get through them. They're just little battles or, hey, they have a battle, but I, you know, right now I'm doing fine. But at the same time, we have to be aware that we're always in the battle. And regardless of these types of attitudes or ways of thinking, the truth of the matter is, as I said, we are in a war. This war is very real. And if it wasn't real, then there'd be no need for the armor of God. So Paul takes this time by first addressing our enemy so we know who we are actually fighting. And the combat for which we are pre- to be prepared is not against human enemies, not against men compounded of flesh and blood, nor against our own corrupt natures, but against the spiritual ranks of devils, of the devils, sorry, who has a government which he exercises in this world. And he is a subtle enemy. <clears throat> he is a very crafty enemy, and he uses wiles and strategies, and he is always, and he has ways of beguiling the unstable soul. Hence he is called a serpent for this subtlety, an old serpent because he is experienced in the art of trade and tempting. We see that he is a power, powerful enemy. <clears throat> it says in verse 12, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, which are either princely ranks or dignities, or those higher up. We also fight against powers and rulers. And as you can see, the words are plural, meaning they are numerous. They're strong and they rule. And and because of these rulers, Satan's got an influence in those nations which are yet still in darkness. And he has, because of the people that he has influenced in life, even in Canada today, he has an influence now in Canada as well. All because of Satan and ignorance and the darkness that he's brought into this world. Satan's kingdom is a kingdom of darkness, whereas Christ's is a kingdom of light. Also, we have to remember that, as it says, <clears throat> we wrestle not against flesh and blood. I mean, we can't see the enemy, but our enemy is a spiritual enemy. We can't see them, but yet they're there. The devil is a spirit and a wicked spirit. And our danger is the greater from our enemies because they are, un- they are unseen and assault us before we are aware of them. The devil is wicked and chiefly annoys the saints and provokes them into spiritual wickedness, pride, envy, malice, etc. Thank you. <laughs> And so he figures all these ways to attack us, just to get us off the track. Well, how are we going to be able to stand against an enemy that is strong and wants to destroy us? Well, for that very reason, God has given us the armor. And the first part of the armor is, we see here, it says, "Stand therefore, having your loins—excuse me, having your loins girt about with truth." So the first part of this armor is the belt. Now. This is, you might not think that this is a necessary part, but <clears throat> excuse me, but in reality this piece is perhaps the most important of them all. And I say this because if you were to examine the armor of a Roman soldier back in the day that Paul was writing this, you would soon discover that the belt was the piece that held all of the armor together. The belt had everything in place, and it was from there that they hung their weapons for battle. So what will help us maintain our brush plate of righteousness? Is the place is the having our loins gird about with truth. And why is it so important to have the truth? Because the devil is a liar. He's called the father of lies. And the only way that we will be able to feed him in battle is to do it with the truth. So let's never forget what we find in John eight thirty two when we read, And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So when you're having those hard times or perhaps of doubt or frustration, and you're having those, oh, I'm, I'm not good at something, or oh, I'm just a failure. Hey, you go to the Word of God, and God says, hey, you are fearfully created and wonderfully made in my image, and I have a plan for your life. And we can take look, look at the Word of Truth and say, hey, you know what? God has a plan for me. You know, the devil is just a liar. And we don't have to believe Satan's lies because of it. And it is only when we remain in the truth of God and the saints see of his word that we will be able to keep the rest of the armor in place. So the, we have the belt, which is the truth, which is the most a very important thing, because without the truth we have nothing. The second piece of armor that we see is the breastplate of righteousness. It says in verse 14, "And having on the breastplate of righteousness. The scripture tells us that having on the breastplate of... Uh, or, sorry, excuse me. But if we were to look at this piece of armor once again at the Roman soldier... We soon discovered that this was a piece of armor typically made of heavy leather and in some instances reinforced with pieces of metal. This piece covered the soldier from his neck down to his waist, and so this part of the armor would protect the soldier's vital organs. Therefore, a soldier wearing this into battle was better protected because this piece would deflect and prevent weapons from injuring him. And in our bright plate of righteousness we need to make sure that we remain pure and uh, right before God, as I said, it's called the breastplate of righteousness for a reason. And so as um, I want you guys to think about the fact that it's covering the vital parts, it's covering the heart. And if our heart's not pure and our heart's not right with God, then also that means our guard is going to be down and we're not having the proper armor on. And so to keep our breastplate properly placed, we need to tear it from our heart all impure feelings and erase from our minds all impure thoughts. Our breastplate is reinforced when we throw away sin and the sinful nature of this world and allow the Holy Spirit of God to guide our every step. The Bible tells us that temptation is going to come, but we don't have to fall for it because God has given us a way of escape to where we can stay pure and we can stay righteous. Thirdly, the Bible talks about our footwear. The Bible says, "...and have your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace." if we were to look at the footwear of a Roman soldier once again at that time, we would quickly discover that they used sandals made out of heavy leather. But the sandals, they didn't only have the sandals, but these sandals oftentimes had metal spikes on the soles. And the reason for this is because it could also be used as a weapon, but also the spikes provided the soldier better stability in the battlefield, regardless of the condition of the terrain. When we study the scriptures, it is impossible to miss that God calls his people to stand. God calls his people to take a stand and to stand firmly on the truth of his word. And this is why our footwear is so important. And our footwear is the gospel of peace. The peace that all of us that serve God can feel regardless of the situation or circumstance that we are in. I'm talking about the peace described in Philippians 4-7 where it says, And the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your ha- hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And so if you think about it, what God is saying is when you're f- in His Word each day, you ha- have the peace in your minds to where you can stand and stand firmly and you can dig those spikes of truth in the ground to so when the devil comes and attacks you and he may push and push, but you're reinforced and you're reinforced and you're reinforced. And not only did it help the soldiers from being pushed back, help them to push forward and stay there, and then they get pushed back, and then they keep moving forward. And as we stay, spend time in the Word of God, and He gives us that peace, we're going to be able to keep moving forward and keep standing our ground firmly for the Lord. And it also, well, I remember that the, the sandals of the soldiers' war would also protect their feet. Um, so, if you think about it, while you're also standing your ground, you're getting staying protected because. The devil back, or the soldiers back in those days, would lay all sorts of things along the ground to where you could just cut your feet, and your feet would, be, would cause you to be getting cut, would cause you to be immobilized, and then you would be even more vulnerable to the enemy. And so you keep your feet protected. And I, I like the thought I that came to mind when I was reading this is about the fact that when we're walking on God's path, we don't have to worry about where we're stepping. We know God says, "Put your step, foot here," and we know there's not going to be anything there. But when we take our eyes off God, when we get our peace wavered, then the devil tries to put us off the direct path and he may try to hurt us or try to get us discouraged and try to get us, just tempt us and everything. But when we're focusing on the word of God and the truth and the peace and we're keeping our hearts pure, then we're able to continue to walk that path and walk it firmly. The fourth piece of armor, and as the Word Bible says, above all is the shield of faith. The scripture here tells us that above all, taking a shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Looking again at the armor of a Roman soldier, we discover that a shield was in most cases made out of wood, covered with thick leather, and it measured approximately four feet high. A soldier would make great use of this weapon, and would move it from side to side to protect him during battle. The shield that we use to protect ourselves from the enemy is our faith. And all our faith can be found in here, the Word of God. And so as the devil tries to attack us, we can say, Hey, no, I know what the Bible says. Oh, you want to come here? No, I know what the Bible says. My faith is sure, and I found a resting place, as the, the song says. And we can always go to the Word of God saying, Hey, no, my faith is here. And it defends us from the attacks of the devil. This means that we he will look to attack uh, The Satan is looking to attack us in the area of our life that might be the weakest. And if our faith is not at the appropriate area, if we are not taking the time to reinforce it, then it would be just as if a soldier presented himself for battle with a paper shield. This is something that sounds absurd, but the grim reality is that many do not take the time to feed their faith. Well, how do we feed our faith? Well, common sense. If you're a Christian, would tell you to read your Bible, pray to God, listen to the messages He provides to you in church. And there's so many things that God's given us to build our faith. And we need to heed that so that we can reinforce our shield of faith. So that when the devil does attack us, we can say, Hey, no, I know what the Bible says. I know what God says. I don't have to listen to you. You're not getting through to me. The fifth piece of our armor is the helmet of salvation. Scripture here tells us to take on the helmet of salvation... And this piece of equipment is one that can never be left behind. No soldier ever left his helmet behind. This piece of equipment could never be misplaced or ignored because it was the one that covered our head. It was the the one that covered the vital part that they had to keep open most of the time in order to see. They couldn't be hiding behind their shield or behind all their armor. They had to be able to see and looking forward into the battle. And so it was like, hey, if you're for getting your helmet, you're leaving a lot open. And if you think about it, it's called... He, Purposely called it the helmet of salvation because, as a Christian, you have to remember, you can never leave your salvation behind. You can't misplace your salvation. There is no such thing as, I think it's great to put it that way because it's like, oh, obviously I can't lose my salvation because it's the most vital part of us. It's the most vital thing. This piece of equipment covers the area of our body where our thoughts and feelings are also born. The devil knows very well that if he can control the way we think, he will be able to manipulate us to act the way he wants us to act. He will be able to manipulate us to act in a way that will separate us from God. And therefore, the helmet of salvation is the knowledge that we are saved by grace and the perseverance in our faith. If we fail to persevere in our faith, if we allow our thoughts to be influenced, then we will all fall wounded or even dead in the battle. And so it is vitally important to place on that helmet of salvation, saying, hey, I know what Christ did for me. I know that I am saved. And because I'm saved, I know that I can have the victory. Because I'm saved, I know I can strengthen my faith. I know I can pick up that shield of faith. I know I can protect myself from the attacks of the devil because of what Christ has done for me. And now, a great reality about a war is that an army will never be able to win a battle with only defensive weapons. Um, I like war history. And I've never read a history part parts of war. Where no one had won a battle without the offensive weapons. And the awesome thing to know is that. While well, a successful army needs defensive weapons. They also need offensive weapons as well. And God's given us one. He's given us the sword of the spirit. Which is the word of God. We have... And not only that, but he's given us prayer as well. We have two of the most successful, powerful, offensive weapons that exist in the universe. And these are the only two that will not only drive our enemy into retreat, but will drive them into complete retreat and complete defeat. The scripture here tells us the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And our first offensive weapon that we've been given is the word of God. This is the only weapon we can use to attack the front line of the enemy. And this weapon is the weapon that we must use to liberate all those lost souls that exist in this evil and wicked world. In Hebrews 4.12 it says, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So we see that the word of God is penetrating. The word of God cuts and clears our thoughts, and the word of God cleans our entire being. And so when we dive ourselves into the word of God and we carry the sword of the spirit around, when Satan attacks us, we can hold up all our armor to defend us, but then we can fight back and say, no, this is what the Bible says. What did Jesus use when he was tempted? He used the word of God and the devil fled from him every single time. Now the word of God is like the sword in our arsenal, but an army can't just win with only swords. An army needs heavy artillery as well. And our heavy artillery is prayer. Paul said it this way, praying always with prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And so we see in this verse, he says, hey, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. So there should never be a moment in our lives where we're not praying to God. Because, as I said, it is the heavy artillery. It is... um, Prayer is our heavy artillery Because through prayer we reach the presence Of the Almighty God Through God's word he reaches us And through prayer we reach to him And there is nothing Absolutely nothing impossible for him Jesus said in Luke 1.37 For with God Nothing shall be impossible Let's never forget that Moses Prayed and the Red Sea parted Let's never forget that Joshua prayed And the walls of Jericho tumbled down Let's never forget that Elijah prayed and fire descended from heaven. And let's never forget that their God is our God. Their God that had that power is the same God we have that has the same power. God says, call unto me and I will show you great and mighty things which thou knowest not. And so when we're being attacked, when we're getting in the battle and we say, Lord, help me. He sends out the artillery and he obliterates the enemy. Let's never forget that Jesus says in John fourteen thirteen, Whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. So let's also remember that while prayer is especially important, we have to be praying in God's will. When we're praying for our selfish things for ourselves, it's not going to work. But when we're praying for a specific purpose of, Hey, God, Lord, I'm going through this situation in my life. I'm going through this trial but Lord, help me through this trial so that you can receive the glory, so that people can see that you are the Almighty God, the only God in this world, God's going to do it. And God's obviously is going to answer. That's what He says. But there are many believers that can't understand that this most important weapon we have is prayer. And oftentimes we just forget about it. I know in my life sometimes I've gone through struggles and I've been like, oh, this is stressful, this is struggling. And I kind of forget to pray. And then all of a sudden, someone's like, oh, have you prayed about it? And I like, well, no. And then I pray, and then that overwhelming peace comes. And you're like, oh yeah, God's going to take care of it. And so prayer is powerful. So yes, it is true that we must stand and advance. It is true that God has given us armor. But, and, but as I like to say what someone once said, the most difficult battles are not worn on our feet, but they are won on our knees. And the most difficult battles can only be won through prayer. So you may be asking, yes, we have all this armor. I've, I may have heard this me- this message on this. I know what all the armor is. But why do we need all the armor? Well, 1 Peter 5.8 says that the devil is a roaring lion. It says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. He's a crafty person. He's a clever devil, But he's also a powerful devil and he's walking by each and every moment of the day to see, hey, where can I penetrate them? Where is their weakness? Where can I slip in? And so we need all the armor of God at all times so we can withstand every single attack of the devil. Also, another reason why we need all the armor is, as I said, leaving off one piece makes us vulnerable. There's a reason that Paul says put on the whole armor of God instead of just put on the armor of God that you need for that particular moment. And that is because Paul knew forgetting one piece would make us weak and make us vulnerable. Um, I don't know if this story is true, but there's a story about a soldier who was preparing for battle. And as he was putting on his armor, he saw one of his companions remove a piece of armor from his leg. When the soldier asked, why, what are you doing? He said, I don't think I need it what enemy is going to take the time to try and attack me so low when they and try to attack me somewhere where it's not a fatal attack the soldier thought he might have a valid point and removed his piece of armor as well well as the soldiers entered into the fight and got closer to the front lines the soldier kept the shield high to protect himself from the incoming arrows falling from above but suddenly a spear came and out of nowhere and struck the soldier in that very spot of his leg that he removed the armor. Falling to the ground, he then realized that because he removed a vital piece of his protection, he was now facing his death. And the same thing will happen to us if we do not put on all the armor of God at all times. The devil is looking for that weak spot in our armor so that he can destroy us. And while we have, so we can see that it's important to put on all the armor of God at all times, because as soon as we don't, the devil's going to find that weak spot. He's going to find that point to penetrate us, to tempt us, to get us astray, astray and separated from God. And so, while we have an enemy that wants to destroy us, God has also given us a stronger armor to defend against the devil's attacks, and He's also given us weapons that will help us to push him back and gain more territory for God. So it is important that, as I said at the beginning, unity, it's a great, very great theme for the church, but it's also a great theme in our lives in putting on the armor of God together in unity. Because as I said, you leave one piece off, and the devil will find a place to attack you. So let's make sure that we're putting on the armor of God in unity. And that as brothers and sisters in Christ were Christ we're standing together and praying for each other. And fighting for each other because we're all in the same battle together.